Hey guys, it's Ken Schultz, and it's time for another episode of Three Strikes, You're Out, your favorite occasional baseball podcast here on the Outsports Podcast Network. Today we've got a really cool one, and I've got a guest that uh, blew me away, honestly. Back in mid-June, uh, a story went viral, you might have seen it on Twitter, a clip from the Tribeca Film Festival, where there was a presentation for the upcoming A League of Their Own series on Amazon Prime that featured... All-American Girls Professional Baseball League alumni, alumnus, alumna, alumna, yes. If you give me enough Latin, I'll eventually nail it. Uh, Maybell Blair as part of the panel. And during the presentation, during her answer to one of the questions, she, at age 95, came out publicly for the first time in what had to look like one of the most casual manners one can do so. And as you're about to hear in the upcoming inter- interview, there is a very good reason why it was so spontaneous and casual. And you'll hear that in just a second. In addition to hearing more details about her coming out story, you're going to hear about her passion for both the game of baseball and for the AAG PBL. To the point where when she starts talking about the proposed International Women's Baseball Center in Rockford, Illinois, um, this is about as good a comp as I can think of for any person. She has the same passion for women's baseball that Buck O'Neill had for the Negro Leagues. And I'm not exaggerating. You're, you're going to hear it in just a couple minutes, especially when she starts, starts talking about the center. She is dedicated to keeping the history of that league alive and about promoting baseball for women athletes going forward. And one other thing that I think we learned through the course of this interview is that our basic impression of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League needs to be changed just a little bit. Because most of what we know about the league, most of what the public knows, comes from the Penny Marshall film, A League of Their Own, which, because it was the early 90s, didn't address the concept of LGBTQ athletes at all. And based on what she tells us, I think we need to view the AAG PPL as one of the few places anywhere in the 1940s where the LGBTQ population could find people who were just like them. So it's not just an important aspect of baseball history. The All-American Girls Professional Baseball League is an important aspect of LGBTQ history, period. And I think we need to consider that going forward. Anyway, I've blabbed enough. Uh, This interview is really, really fun. I think you're really going to love it. After this brief message, let's go to Maybell Blair. All right, and I am joined today by a member of the 1948 Peoria Red Wings of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League and an advisor to the upcoming series A League of Their Own and an overseer of the International Women's Baseball Center Maybell Blair is joining me. Uh, Maybell, it is a pleasure and an honor to meet you. Thank you for being here. Hey, it's my pleasure. I couldn't hardly wait to get here. It's I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time for this uh, because about a little over a month ago, you came on all of our radar at Outsports when at the Tribeca Film Festival at uh, age 95 and talking about the upcoming series of League of Their Own, you came out to everyone and it went viral. And I wanna say first off, congratulations, welcome. Uh, this is really an incredible honor. And I wanted to ask, can you take me through your kind of emotional process of coming out that day at Tribeca? 
Well, it, it hit me all uh, of a sudden. Uh, we were after the uh, filming of uh, League of Their Own. Uh, we had a little panel up on the stage, and uh, somehow I looked at Will Graham and Abby Jacobson, and I don't know what hit. And I said, oh, my goodness, I'm gay. I'm <laughs> 95 years old, and I'm gay. And I'm telling you, it came out of my mouth, you know, because I've been behind that closet or in that closet for so long, I didn't know how to come out. So anyway, when that little door opened up just a little bit, that big old foot of mine went in and there I was telling the whole world I was gay and I was so afraid all these years, you know, I had to hide behind my gayness. And, and that's amazing that, that you talk about that it just kind of happened in that moment, like almost as a spontaneous thing. That uh, I remember my coming out process. I came out at age 35, and it took me years to kind of just kind of get that inner courage up, worked up inside of me. And it kind of ended up coming out kind of the same way where I was with friends one night and it just kind of spilled out. Yeah. And you it, did it in front of an audience. Yeah, you know, it was it was really amazing because at that moment I forgot about my family and all my friends because in my day, if you were gay, you were you were ostracized everywhere. We couldn't get jobs. We couldn't do anything. We were just the lowest class people in the world. So we had to hide it. And um, how it came out, I, it was amazing. And it so as you say, it amazed me. Yeah, it amazed all of us. And as, <laughs> as you say, you were used to decades of having to hide it in order to live a quote unquote proper professional life, both in and out of baseball. And what did it feel like in that moment to make that announcement and then just hear the entire audience explode in applause and support like that? Well, it was the strangest thing. I felt like uh, like I had high blood pressure or something, and my whole body just seemed to drain. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I just felt free, and I was so happy that this had happened. But then the next morning, I got a little concerned. I was worried about my family. Uh, but the phone started ringing, and they told me, you know, Mabel, Aunt Mabel, um, don't worry about it. We love you, who you are, not what you, you know, what sex you are and all of that business. We love you for how you treat us, and we love you. And that, that eased it. And I am now the most happiest person in the world. I don't have to hide anything. If I, it, It's amazing. It, 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 people can't realize how what a free moment I feel right today. That's really and what, I, what I really want to do is let all these little girls and little boys know, hey, there's people behind you. I, we understand. And, and it's okay to come out, you know, and don't hide your feelings towards people. So if I can accomplish just helping just a very few, I think I've done a great deal then. You know, if you could say, if you, if it were possible to go back in time and encounter yourself, your 1948 self, when you made the roster of the Red Wings and kind of show yourself that decades down the road, you would be making this announcement and showing your true self to the entire world. What would you respond? How would your response be back from 1948? I, I just, uh, I don't think I'd have a response because uh, those days we didn't have any response. Uh, but if it came out while I was there, I don't know what would have happened. So it's it's too hard to try to explain that. 
I, I understand that. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a completely different era and, and a completely different mindset from that. Completely era. different time. Yeah, you, there's no way you could even begin to, couldn't do it. Right. Uh, what was it like playing professional baseball in the 1940s while keeping this part of yourself a secret from the world? Well, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, uh, worried about that because uh, I didn't, I just kept it and, uh I just went on my life because I thought that's the way life was going to be all my life, was hiding. And so I had no worry about that um, while I was playing ball. So, and I loved baseball, and that was a big out for me as uh, sports. And that was my life. Um, there's nothing like being able to be able to play professional baseball. And um, that's what happened. Yeah. I'm envious that you were able to play professional baseball. <laughs> you know, to this day, I still can't believe it happened because look what's happening today. There isn't any girls professional baseball or any regular baseball for girls to play. But times are changing. And now girls are playing. Uh, Justine Siegel for Baseball for All. Last time we had a, a, tournament, uh, a gathering for her clinic was over 500 girls there playing baseball. We're playing baseball all over the uh, United States now. And the foreign countries, it's even better. Japan is uh, probably the so far ahead of us, women's baseball. They are fantastic ball players. And uh, the rest of the world is coming. There's Canada, uh, England, France, uh, Australia, uh, Taiwan. They're all over. They all have women's baseball teams now. So this is why we're trying to get the International Women's Baseball Center in Rockford, Illinois, uh, to um, uh, start our own home of our own. We'll have our own uh, uh, museum. We don't need the men's you know, Hall of Fame. We'll have our own Hall of Fame. We'll have our own activity building where we can have umpire school and batting cages and all this and teach these little girls how to be able to play that. And thank God for Amazon. Um, they uh, bought the film, uh, the, the um, pilot for, um, you know, uh, the, the league of their own. So we're so thrilled that they're remaking it and telling the true story of what happened. Excellent. Yes. And what is your vision for the International Women's Baseball Center as a museum? Is it going to be mostly a his history museum or is it going to perhaps spotlight pe people like Kim Ang or Rachel Balkovic who are currently working at the higher levels of MLB right now? Oh, yes. We're going to honor all of them. There's no more that has made a better uh, and uh, it, it wrote in than Kim Ng being general manager of the Milan Dolphin. And I'm so thrilled of her that what she has accomplished and it's not that uh, we want tokens we don't want tokens we want to earn it and I hope a major league team doesn't just hire a woman to come in and uh, be a, a high uh, area in baseball without their knowledge because that would hurt us more than anything it wouldn't help us at all but we need girls like Kimming and uh, we're getting them and we're teaching them. And this is what we want at Rockford is a, like a schooling for these girls. They're all not going to be uh, uh, professional baseball players. But what we do want is a league of our own, just like uh, the NBA. Uh, the best woman NBA ball player couldn't sit on a, 
uh, NBA uh, uh, bench, you know, the, uh, so even with Candace Parker, I don't think she can even sit on a, a, a men's uh, NBA t- team, basketball team. And uh, these are the things that we have to accomplish. And that's what we're working hard for. And people like Amazon and uh, some of the larger companies in Major League Baseball now are starting to open their doors and realizing that um, women do love to play baseball and we're capable of playing baseball. So give us a chance. And I wanted to ask, uh, going back, during your time with Peoria and then later when you played softball in Chicago after you finished with the Red Wings, did you encounter any other LGBTQ players or did anyone make their sexuality known to you during that time? Oh, yeah, it was like a party uh, when we went to uh, uh, play ball because then I realized I wasn't the only gay girl in the world. Hmm. 95% of the team was gay, you know, I was... (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't say 95. I'm not going to give a, a number here because people will hold it against me. But anyway, there was quite a few of us that was gay on all of the teams. And um, it was like a big party for us. We came from farms. We came from cities. We came from everywhere. And a lot of us did not know there was any other gay people but yourself. Hmm. And then you, always- discovered, you discovered that in our era, it makes a big difference than what's happening today. And so what was your response and what activities did you participate in when you found out, oh, there are more people like me? Oh, my gosh. Well, we we had parties just like uh, normal. You know, Uh, we had we just danced. We had a good time. We went to bars and and drank and celebrated and and had house parties. Uh, We had uh, a wonderful time. It was just absolutely great. And um, when the film A League of Their Own came out three decades ago, that was one area of the AAGPBL that they didn't really touch on, probably because the early 90s were a much different time than there is now. And now that you're advising the the TV version of that, is this something that we're going to explore more in the Amazon series? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, Amazon uh, really has opened the door for us. Uh, with this new TV series, uh, we're going to uh, let people know that there was uh, gay or queer, they call it. Nowadays, we call it gay. But there's a lot of queers in uh, the women's baseball that Penny Marshall uh, couldn't do in 1992. She did a beautiful job, naturally, uh, with League of Their Own. Now, Amazon uh, is opening it up with that. And it also with the... Um, the, the black girls, you know, they weren't able to play. Now we're showing that, hey, they were great ball players too, and they didn't get a chance. Now we're giving them all a chance. Oh, the gays, the blacks, anybody can pick up a ball. They can play if they're capable. Now what we need is a league of our own, and um, we're going to get that. We're going to get our home of our own in Rockford. Hmm. It's interesting that you brought that up because I think right around the time that you were playing with Peoria, maybe a couple of years after that, uh, in the Negro Leagues, there were a couple of women who played with the men in the men's leagues. Uh, Tony Stone, I think, is one of them. Were you aware? Uh, were you made aware of that at the time? Oh, yeah. I, I knew, uh, that, uh, you know, and maybe uh, Johnson. Yeah, there's four of them. Right. And um, 
uh, it was a wonderful time. Uh, I, you know, I didn't even think that, you know, they weren't allowed in our league. We didn't think anything about it. It's other people that made up it, made things about it because I, I played, um, uh, softball out here in California. Uh, we had a couple of girls on our, um, softball team. Uh, and we, then there was, a Negro girl, all Negro, uh, team, uh, we played against. But, uh, you know, we didn't think anything about it. And, and while making the movie or doing the uh, playing ball, we didn't we didn't even think anything about it. We weren't thinking, you know, because we were so happy that we got the chance. Amazing. Uh, and so do you have plans for uh, like a timeline for the International Women's Baseball Center and for establishing a league of your own at that point? Or is that still something that's open ended? Well, it, it's open right now. Um, we're trying our best to uh, get the funds uh, to start building. We have the property and everything right there in Rockford, right for the Rockford Peaches play baseball, uh, right across the street. And uh, we're working very hard uh, to raise these funds. And uh, I'm hoping that we do, do it before I'm on the other side of the grass, you know. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And uh, I've only got about five good years to work on it. So it, I think maybe within a, a year, maybe we can get the shovel in the in the dirt. That's what we're hoping for. And uh, we'll see. And we're working hard and it will be. I'm not going to say we're going to see. We're going to do it. Yes. And I only live about 90 miles away from that here in Chicago. So I would be happy oh, to really? come Really? You live in Chicago? Yes. Yes. Well, you should know all about the Rockford Beaches. I absolutely should. Yes. I've driven through Rockford many times and would be delighted to come out and visit when, when it does get open. Um, well, you get out there and visit beforehand because uh, Byer Stadium is right there and our original ticket booth is still standing. Hmm. It, uh, it, it's going to be a wonderful showpiece. And then we'd like to have tours going from Chicago into uh, uh, Rockford to the Peaches over to the cornfields in Iowa. It, it can be so, such a wonderful tourist thing and for a thing for the women to look forward to. Yes, yes. And I'm a huge base, baseball history nerd. So like this is a part of the history I haven't really explored much. So I would absolutely love to do that. Uh, and I wanted to just make it known that uh, if you want to contribute to the building of the International Women's Baseball Center, visit internationalwomensbaseballcenter.org. There is a contribution page right there. And uh, final question, Maybell, since uh, we are taping, taping this one day after the All-Star Game. And as a baseball player and as a professional baseball player, who do you enjoy watching most in today's game? Oh my gosh! Uh, well, you, you know I'm a, a big Angel fan. Uh, naturally, I live down at the beach near uh, uh, Angel Park, and uh, oh Tommy, uh, I just love watching him. But one of my very favorite ball players who's on the injured list is uh, Fletcher, David Fletcher, because he gives it always 110 percent. When you I see a ball player give it 110 percent, he's my ball player. So he's my ball player on the Angels team right now. Nice. He's got the, the contact skills that you almost never see in the game now, especially even going up against the 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. Oh, no, he can raise that bat over his head and hit it. I, he swings at everything, and somehow he makes contact. I have yeah. no idea. But Turns he always around. gets on base, and he hustles, and that's what I like. Yes, I, I enjoy watching guys like that, too, and I'm hoping we get to see more of them as the years go along here. Um, I like football. Maybelle Blair, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. 
Well, thank you for having me.